Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by not one but two writers from the Washington Free Beacon, Liz Harrington and Bill McMorris. Thank you both for coming in. Thanks for having me. And I'd like to start off talking about the midterms because it seemed to me, I wrote a piece for the magazine last week, that the blue wave is not really materialising as a lot of Democrats hoped it would. But then perhaps the last week's news cycle has not been very good for Bill's got a call. Uh, for the Republicans, I think that's probably fair to say that momentum, the, the post-Kavanaugh momentum that the Republicans were enjoying perhaps has been halted a bit. Is that is that a fair assessment? Start with you, Liz. I think it it could be, but also I don't think we can we should really underestimate how much that whole episode did in fact energize the Republicans. And if you look at the early voting now, Republicans are still keeping pace with Democrats. Mm. So I think I mean it's going to be we'll see what happens. The Senate map has always been good for Republicans. They're looking like they can make some gains in states that they didn't even think we're in play. New Jersey's now a toss-up, perhaps. The Senate always looked good for Republicans. It's really the House with all these retirements you had, a lot of open seats, so there's a lot of toss-ups. So it, it, the news cycle is getting better for Democrats. Of course, that, that helps them, but there's also still a lot of stuff that is important to Republicans in the news cycle, like the caravan and immigration and stuff like that. Bill, what, what, what you think this is, do you agree with that? Well, I, I don't think the, the map in the House was ever that friendly yeah. to Republicans. These are seats that they won in the 2010 wave that really, they should have been lost in 2012 and 2014. A lot of them are majority Democrat districts, maybe a Republican by a point or two. So even in friendly regions in the country, these are districts that traditionally are overwhelmingly Democrat. So I think the House was always going to be a tough sale. Mm. I also am not convinced that Kavanaugh really riles up the base all that much. I think I think there was a brief bump. I think that this will help Senate candidates get turnout people. I don't see it helping down ballot for House members. So you think that just became a kind of media talking point that, that I, I, Kavanaugh was the I, big I, motivator and it, it I, wasn't I think it did. I think this is the people who say they were motivated by Kavanaugh are the type of people who are wishy-washy about showing up to the midterms to begin with, but come October say, okay, I will turn out for my team. Yeah. I, I think that generally happens. Uh, and we see, we saw with Trump in 2016, that a lot of these guys just decided, you know, within the last two weeks of the election, mm. that they were going to switch their allegiance from traditional Democrat to now President Trump. People think that midterm turnout's going to be very high this time, or the highest ever or something. Is, is that, do you think that's right? I think it is going to be pretty high. I mean, I think we've already seen, there's some reporting that it's higher already than 2014. Yeah. So I think it is high, but it's just a question of, are Republicans going to turn out as much as they did in 2014? Republicans usually turn out more than Democrats in midterms. On, obviously. on election day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... It's just a question of, you know, but, how many. Well, but the, I mean, I suppose the thing that's most likely to turn out is probably the, the dreaded resistance. 
right? They, I mean, but they, how they big is the resistance? How well, many they, how many independents and how many how many normal people did they turn off in mm. the process of going so crazy during? That's why, honestly, I do think the Kavanaugh thing was a big deal, and the way the left has just acted and overreached and gone nuts. Mm. I mean, they really did in their reaction to Trump and the way the media has behaved also. How many, you know, middle-of-the-road voters did they turn off in the process? Yes. Absolutely. If, if you showed up as, dressed as ISIS to a Halloween party yesterday, people would be forgiven for going, like, what are you, Antifa? <laughs> no, no, I'm ISIS. Oh, same thing. Uh, it's what the middle-of-the-road is going to say. And, and we are seeing heavy turnout, early voting turnout for Democrats among their demographics that they depend on to mm. get out the vote. But we also saw that in 2016, which is why you saw Hillary Clinton's chances of winning among the pollsters and the wonks going up to the 80s and 90s. It's because they said, oh, these guys must be new voters who just couldn't be bothered to vote on election day itself. So these must be new guys when, in fact, it's no people who regularly vote for your party were just saying, oh, let me get it over with on an earlier standpoint, they didn't add to that demographic. Yeah. They didn't expand their base. They just right. turned their base out earlier. Well, so speaking of demographics, the Republicans seem to me in the last few days have been trying to stress the black vote quite a lot and the fact that Trump is 5% more popular than the Republicans normally are with, with black voters. Is that significant? Is that real? Will it make a difference in the midterms? I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's real or not, but... Any Republican just peeling off 5% of the vote more than they're used to, it would be significant if that if that is in fact happening. Because, I mean, African-American voters have been such a lock for Democrats. And also, they didn't turn out for Hillary Clinton like they did Barack Obama. So that really mm. hurt her. And, I mean, you see, there was just this great article in Politico, actually, about McCaskill. Claire McCaskill in Missouri is good at giving short shrift to the black community. And yeah. everyone's like, you're taking our votes for granted. So that, it could hurt Democrats if, you know, as Which reliable. might be why they're sending Obama to right. all the, around the country. I, I mean, that, that's exactly why. And I, I think Democrats did take them for granted in 2016. Absolutely. They thought that that coalition was permanent instead of just temporary affixed to a single candidate. And anybody who told you and all these Democratic models relied on it, anyone who told you that Hillary Clinton had the charisma and the affinity of well, the she, black community. She had the hot sauce in her purse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Barack Obama did. Anybody who told you that was, was deluding themselves. Right. And for them to think that we're going to see an increase in black voter turnout, which is historically pretty low during the midterms, right. and we're, we're seeing them bank on it in Georgia, which is a more competitive mm. race, at least according to the polls, mm. uh, but we'll have to see come election day if that actually but hey, plays out. lowest unemployment on record is a pretty convincing argument to Yes, particularly so. for black women, I read. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I mean who knows? And it would make, well, it would make sense in a way if, if there was this Blexit, which we'll get on to Blexit in a sec. <laughs> because, I mean, it, America now seems to be going through a class war as much as a kind of culture war. And, you know, a, a black Americans are often quite poor. And so the, the poor vote is really with Trump. And so that's not really surprising that more black voters... Are going towards Trump, is it? Well, it's more the working class demographic than right. the those living below the poverty line. That right. has always been a traditional democratic 
voting block. But no class aspirational. What what do you prefer? Uh, Give us the British perspective. A culture war or class war? Do we want the 80s Britain or do we want uh, uh, Tony Blair Britain? Which one's more entertaining? Brexit's managing to give us both at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's called unifying. I think we'll end with that. (laughs) It might end with actual real war, proper war with violence is, is where it looks like it's leading to at the moment. Uh, it's the first time the Irish aren't responsible. Well, yeah, yeah, we <laughs> My can. people are really asleep at the We meal. are actually blaming the Irish. <laughs> yeah, 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 you have to. <laughs> but yes, I mean, so let's talk about Blexit. So Blexit has been a sort of online thing, a kind of Twitter campaign started, it seems, by Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk and a strange organisation called Turning Point USA. Liz, can you explain Turning Point USA for us a bit? Uh, I actually do not. I haven't followed Turning Point that uh, as I, closely. <laughs> it's a cash grab. It's yeah, a cash I mean, grab. I'm sure. <laughs> it's a cash grab. I, I, and, I haven't really followed, you know, Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk that, that closely. I mean, it's it's a, a new version of the, of the Tea Party scam packs. Or yeah, whatever. scam packs no, from scam 2010. Packs. Where yeah. one thing Citizens United did do is allow political con artists to reap the same benefits that, you know, radio preachers from the Pentecostal movement of the 40s got, which is how can I scare, you know, 80-year-old women to sending me their last $10? Uh, I'll promise you political salvation as opposed to eternal salvation. (laughs) And that, that led to a lot of people buying Maseratis, didn't lead to very much, very much actual difference in turnout. Those voters were probably going to turn out no matter what, but it did help a few people get very rich. Mm-hmm. And I think Turning Point USA is kind of capitalizing on that, going like, we'll be the guys who flip college kids. Yeah. Probably not, but you will be the kids who, you know, suck up some money from concerned parents but, sending I mean, their children to college. As much as I want to, like, join you in, in sneering at it, it does, it does kind of... I'm not sneering. Sorry, I'm, I, sorry. I, 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 I'm giving them a compliment. We're capitalists. <laughs> the Washington. Oh, I forgot that's a good thing. But it does seem to be—it does seem to be a real thing. I mean, right? The, the, well, and just—I mean, even if there were a bunch of scam packs that came out of the Tea Party movement, the Tea Party movement was real, and there was a lot of real grassroots. So mm. they were taking advantage of that. But that's the interesting question. So is this really a real grassroots movement that's going on? Aside from just you know, they certainly seem to be able to Twitter, but yeah, but they certainly seem to be able to create interest online and mm-hmm. I mean, turn I, out crowds. You know, like the crowd, the black crowd of black young black voters for with Trump the, last Donald weekend. Trump Jr. I mean, yeah. the yeah, Republican was, polling with black voters is so low. I mean, there's an opportunity there to go up, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to bounce off the cave floor. <laughs> right. it, everybody. I mean, and and the President Trump's they just did that big event right in the White House with mm. young black voters. So I mean. Why not? That was Trump's, you know, he said it a million times during the 2016 campaign, but what do you have to lose, right? So I, I think he sees it all as an opportunity. Why, why not try to try to make a dent in some of these yeah. voting blocks that haven't voted for a Republican in a long time? And also, I suppose, what, something that Democrats don't have is, is a, a, a rallying figure. I mean, Obama is the closest thing they have to a, to a rallying figure for the midterms. And it's never been good when he's not actually on the ballot himself. Yeah. Him campaigning. He's never been as successful as a country, dropping him in places. And, right. Whereas Trump actually has shown that he can turn out votes. Right. Is that, is that well, right? I'm not, I, I feel like Trump and Obama share a similar personality trait in that they, they try much harder in a campaign where... 
their own reputation is on the line. Yeah. You didn't really see Obama helping out that many people in 10 and 14. It was kind of like, thanks for your Obamacare vote. <laughs> right. Don't worry, you'll get a job as a lobbyist explaining yeah. what Obamacare does. I, I mean, but we didn't see him turning out that many people in 14. And I, I feel like that Trump does share a similarity. Except in that, Republicans. Except Republicans. <laughs> except he did a very good job of turning out Republicans, kind of like how Trump is doing a very good job of supposedly turning out young people. But young people are very well, lazy. We, well, we, we, we the mail fun. gives them anxiety, so they're not voting, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was, that the... was un- unbelievable. Uh, did, did you see this piece? No. It's like, we interviewed 12 millennials about why they're sitting this one out. And so oh, I was did. like, oh, stamps make me nervous. I can't, I can't mail I can't in my registration. Too much anxiety for democracy. Yeah, I, I yeah. failed to vote when I turned 18. And this was in in 2004 because I registered for a selected service and thought that counted. <laughs> and if you are actually believe this, then you probably don't deserve to vote. Uh, I, I wrote George W. Bush on a piece of paper and mailed it back to my hometown in Wilton. I don't think they counted it. Uh, <laughs> no. And I don't think it made a difference uh, in right. how Connecticut in went Connecticut? that night. Yeah. Yeah. But what, so, uh, one thing that the Democrats are very keen to talk about is healthcare. And that presumably is actually the biggest issue that's always said to be the biggest issue on American minds is healthcare, And that's a win for the Democrats at the moment, right? Yeah, that's re- that's going to be what's really interesting, because Democrat in all the local races, they're hammering health care. So it, is it actually a very good issue for them, which there is an argument because Republicans ran on this for nearly a decade and they didn't get it done and they mm. didn't repeal Obamacare that. Maybe they're going to look to the Democrats again. But you also have Bernie Sanders and the left and every 2020 presidential contender says Medicare for all. Mm. And how are, is America ready for that? I don't think so. So it seems to be a bit more popular with Americans than, let's say, a lot of conservative people in people in media think that, that have Medicare for all as a, as I mean, a kind of socialized just... medicine. It's free stuff is always pretty popular. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. But it might pull popular, but then when you actually think about it, like what happened with Obamacare, Joy Ten, like no yeah. Americans soundly rejected that, but they and, pushed and we're it through seeing, anyway. And we're seeing a lot of Republicans turn over to this idea, concede protecting pre existing conditions. Oh, concede keeping Trump is children on, on their right. health plans. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, if you can't repeal a 26-year-old having his own health insurance, then you probably aren't making the sale on this period. We're seeing Medicaid expansion pushes in a lot of red states. And we're seeing Republicans kind of seat ground on this. And that was the big fear in 2010 was once you have this in place, there's no going back. There's no going back. Hmm. I I think Brazil is trying to do that right now, which is going to be interesting. (laughs) But... But in terms of in terms of Obamacare, all of the good things went into place first: pre-existing conditions and uh, and keeping kids on the health insurance. All the bad things that's you know for a couple of years from now the, yeah. the Cadillac yeah, health tax, insurance tax and the um, employer mandate, which he you know Obama unilaterally delayed. You know, yeah. for no, years. But you think, but also perhaps maybe a, a thriving economy reduces the amount people worry about healthcare, right? 
I mean, yeah. Our employment. I mean, thriving economy helps. I mean, that's why healthcare has risen to one of the leading, that and immigration as one of the top issues because nobody's really worried about the economy because it's doing so well. Yes. You know, you know for, for on what's on voters' minds. So. And Except for tech stocks. And how worried, yeah. do you think, yeah. how worried do you think people are about political violence in America or do you think this is something that is sort of overheated? Because of the two attacks in recent weeks. Oh, well... Well, one didn't go off. But, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, well, one was designed not to go off. That's what law enforcement keeps saying. Yes. And then we had the massacre yeah. in the synagogue. I don't well, think... And, you know, the week before that, we had two Minnesota state rep candidates assaulted by what they think were Democrats. And I, I was sitting there like, if you're assaulting a state representative candidate, not even a Senate guy, not even somebody important you're you're beating up state mm. reps like that's that's actually something to be worried about except i i don't think most people particularly republicans see it as a culture war issue but i don't think they're actually that fearful of it they're not on berkeley you know right. they, they don't go near portland that these guys are out in their farms and just going hey watch these guys eat themselves yeah. I don't think right, they actually far worry about look it. Look at the chaos. Yeah, yeah whenever that, they protest. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's not '68 Chicago so you convention think where there's a riot. I mean, of course there are riots, but, but it, it's not at, at a centralized location. It's at a place where you expect happens, riots to happen. But what happens if the Republicans do do hold the House and make gains in the Senate? I mean, the, yes. you had that actor James Cromwell said, "There's going to be blood in the streets." I mean, the left is Wait, the guy from Babe is saying yeah. blood in the streets. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's going to LA confidential, James Cromwell. The left has gone crazy. So if that does happen, and I'm not saying it necessarily, they will keep the house. I think it's going to be close. There are going to be. They're going to riot. I wonder. I I wonder if it might be during Kavanaugh. But it might be like you know the five stages of grief that end with acceptance, and Uh, we're seeing uh, seeing the left go through. We are so far away from acceptance. They still haven't accepted the results of 2016. I mean, I don't think they ever will. Do, but do you think if the blue wave doesn't materialize, or, or even if the Republican Party win the House, they, they, there might be a kind of, Oof. well, that's it. You know, the, the kind of the resistance is obviously futile. I, I don't know if they're ever going to get to the acceptance stage. I really don't. Yeah. They, 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 no civility till we win. I mean, that's what they, that's their belief. They, they believe that it's their right to govern. I mean, they... When they go low, we kick them. Yeah, right. I mean, they really do. Every time time a Republican wins, I mean, you had, they said Bush stole the election from Gore and same thing. They always are are throwing these tantrums and saying that it's their right right to govern and they they never accept it. They never accept a Republican winning. Okay, I'm going to wrap up by putting you both on the spot and you've got to tell me what you think is going to happen in the midterms next week. Starting with you, Bill. Okay. <laughs> what, what is oh, where, where was the question? Um, <laughs> what is going to happen? Uh, I, 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 I say uh, narrow loss uh, for Republicans in the House. I don't think it's going to be a wave. I think Republicans uh, expand the Senate. I'm not sure if we win Montana, but I think we win North Dakota. I think we win Missouri. I think we hold Georgia. And I think we, you know, end up with about... New Jersey? What? I, I, I don't think we win New Jersey. Okay. I, I think a lot of, I think Menendez's political survivability 
really knows no bounds. The man, the man's <laughs> survived how many FBI investigations and an indictment, and you know is still keeping yeah, his committee really assignments. If, if he lost, but. yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't think this is like what we saw with Chris Christie's election win back in '09. I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, it could be funny. <laughs> I, I laugh if Menendez ends up losing, but I, I think it'll be closer than expected. But. Okay, at least. Yeah, I think Republicans pick up a couple seats in the Senate. I think they pick up Missouri, North Dakota. Uh, it doesn't look like there's a chance for high camp. And I think the House, I think it's a very slim majority for either party, but I'm going to go with Republicans holding. I like that. That's a, that's a gamble. It's a gamble, but, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's not a wave. I mean, on a wave, I mean... Everyone, I could definitely be wrong, but wave election years, usually there's an underlying issue, whether it was Iraq war in 2006 or Obamacare in 2010. It wasn't just we hate President Obama and then flipped 60 seats in the House. That is the, the Democrat agenda right now is just sheer antagonism to Trump. And I mean, just because they don't like his personality, they don't like his style and uh, there's some minor issues they have, but they're not raising them. So I don't know what the the economy's booming. Consumer confidence has only been higher once since the 1950s mm. during a midterm year. And that was 1998. And the Democrats actually gained five seats for Clinton in the House in the midst of all this scandal. But he was very popular and the economy was booming. So I'm not saying the Republicans will necessarily gain seats, but I think they're going to hold on. Great. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Maybe we can do it again when Civil War has started <laughs> yeah. in, in a few that months. That could be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's our, our guerrilla radio show. It's <laughs> yeah. be great. From behind the barricades. It's <laughs> a spectator, you gay. I didn't, I didn't realise I was going out as a war correspondent, but it, it turns into that. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a spectator moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. 